This is Tanya Lin with the Sistership Circle podcast. From spirituality, sexuality, and sisterhood to business, relationships, contribution, and creativity, the Sistership Circle podcast introduces a new model of feminine leadership where women get real and vulnerable about it all. Tune in for authentic advice that will empower you to be bold, beautiful, and brilliant as your true self. Hello, sisters, and welcome to the Sistership Circle podcast. I'm Tanya Lynn, and today we're going to have a really juicy conversation about the divine feminine and embodiment with the incredible Depika Delmenico. And let me tell you a little bit about her before we dive in here. Uh, Depika is an Ayurvedic medicine practitioner, anthroposophic naturopath, yoga of sound teacher speaker and author. She's practiced clinically for more than 20 years, treating thousands of patients globally with Ayurveda, healing wisdom, and mantra. Topeka is a best-selling author of Shine Your Light. She's the founder of the Radiant Woman Wellness Courses, Alchemy of Sound Programs, and Conscious Woman Rising. She works therapeutically with mantra and sacred sound as the original medicine and medicine of our future. Topeka is in service to the renewal of ancient healing mysteries and healing the divine feminine in each of us. I'm really excited about this, where we get to talk all about spirit and and science and the feminine. Thank you. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for being here, Topeka. Hi, Tanya, and hello to all you beautiful women. Thank you for inviting me into your sacred space. Yes today in conversation with you today. Oh, I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, And I love all the wisdom that you're bringing to it. And I just want to start first with this word that kind of tripped me up, the anthroposophic. What that is, never heard it before. So let's just educate everyone first. Okay. (laughs) I love that you say that because for years I thought, I cannot study this until I can pronounce it. Because, uh, because it tripped me up for many years too. And so anthroposophy is in essence the, the wisdom and love of the human being. And anthroposophical medicine is incredibly holistic. So it really overlays so beautifully with any um, medicinal modality we're working with in a therapeutic gesture with the human being Um, and especially it's been my experience it overlays beautifully with Ayurveda because it looks at all members of a human being of all the bodies not just the physical body but all the subtle bodies we have you know at the etheric the body of the life force the feeling body the ast- which is the astral body. We have, of course, the eye organization, the spirit. We have the soul body. So it's really about um, looking at a human being and looking into what's occurring in all these subtle aspects of the human to give manifestation of the, of the symptoms if you will, that they're experiencing at any given moment. So it's really not trying to change the journey 
as divinely scripted for a person in order that they can evolve more fully as a human and become autonomous. But it's about removing the impediments along the pathway so that they can experience evolution as a human being, become more love, become more, as I say, fully human, as, you know, I believe we've taken birth to do. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, you know, and I just want to transition this into the conversation we want to have today of um, really understanding the body like it's about we're in this conversation in sister sub circle about the rise of the divine feminine as are you. And, um, and that really what this work is about is embodiment. And so you bring so much of your background and these different pieces and, and um, of like really anchoring us into the body and not just like the, these different aspects of the body, like the, you know, it's not just the physical, it's the other parts of the body. So I just, I love the, um, the viewpoint that you're bringing to this conversation that you bring to the table here of helping us to really anchor and embody the divine feminine. So let's go into that, shall we? Yes, please. Let's get into the juicy bits. <laughs> All right. So what's most juicy for you on this conversation? Well, you know, the divine feminine is calling more than ever at this time to be healed on the earth and in each of us. We don't have to be a woman um, because the divine feminine lives within everybody. But women have the capacity, you know, women hold the most potent force with infinite potential and possibility on the planet because we possess the capacity to create life. So that's something pretty worthy of guarding vigilantly and being embodied to allow the natural potential of that to unfold in its full capacity, in its greatest capacity. I'm not talking about whether you choose to have children or not, whether a woman chooses to have children or not. That's something separate. You know, th this, this creative impulse, this potent power is alive in every woman. So the Vedas, the ancient Vedic scriptures say that all, all of life, all of abundance, all of righteousness, all of creation depend upon woman and this is true mm -hmm. so this is something that is just gorgeous in sisterhood in circle that women come together and really honor and revere this in order to remember our innate nature because we're already whole and complete we're created whole and complete just as we are but we forget it yep we forget and spend a lot of our lives with the ache, the longing, the pain, the deep, deep yearning that separateness from ourselves, from our own nature brings. And it's about finding our way back to this. And 
finding our way back to our womanhood and the divine mother needs us is pushing us is patiently waiting for us to do this and because of this it i believe it really starts with women we're the ones that can really shape the future in how we are embodied with our womanhood now at this moment on this very day and thus that dictates how we meet what's coming to us because it's coming ready or not you know we we can't prevent events taking place that will come to us but it's how we meet them and that's what shapes our evolution that's mm. what shapes the experience for our children that's what shapes the experience for all good men for everybody yeah i i i just oh it's so true and i for myself um through this path have come to the exact like i'm just right there with you of this conclusion of it's it starts with us as women. There's, uh, there's a reason why I do sistership circle um, and focused on women's circles is because of that. And, and it's truly through sisterhood and circle that we get to remember the truth of who we are as women. And I yeah. love that, like the creative potential that we have and really like how we can transform humanity through that creative potential, right? Like we can make the shift. And when we finally remember the power that we as women have like that's when we're going to make that massive shift on the planet and it's happening it's happening it is happening absolutely but we have to remember we have to remember we cannot reclaim unless we remember and i think it's really important for me it's really important that we don't force nothing has to be forced that's not feminine and the feminine is soft mm. is gentle and that is the that that has incredible strength incredible strength so we don't have to force anything because when we budge and we push and we force it's actually as far as the organism the very health of the organism in our being the consciousness of the organism in our being the resonance it becomes contracted warmth is something that is soft and it takes a particular kind of warmth to remember who we are and to stay in that capacity which is is love you know the bottom line is it's all about love and and when we have opportunity to do this in our lives in all interactions in every moment in all relationships in our lives but when we come together in, in circle, in sisterhood, it's really in our face. We really have the capacity to do it. And I'm not, there's two things. I'm not saying that because I don't believe for a moment that we are any greater than, than men or that men are any lesser than us. No, not at all. And I encourage that men are having their own circles, doing their own things but that it, and, and exploring what is sacred to them their business 
this when we come together is about dropping the competitiveness because it's forced mm. dropping the ego dropping the pride really being together and it's like i see you i hear you i love you i've got you and you know what we can't do that unless we feel it ourselves mm -hmm. So it also, on its grossest level, it gives us the capacity through the ritual of circle to come together and just drop in. Park all our worries, park all our bullshit, our crap, our false sense of self. Leave it at the door with our shoes because it's not going anywhere. If we want to pick it up on the way out, we can. <laughs> we may choose not to. But to come in so that we can just drop in and firstly start to listen listen into ourselves and then we can start to be fully present for every woman that's there and then magic happens mm -hmm. yeah. then magic really does happen mm. i love this that you said we cannot reclaim unless we remember and i've had my i've had some powerful experiences this past year remembering some very whoa uh so i'd love to hear more from you of what what are we what is what are we as women remembering yeah well we're remembering our very nature we're remembering our divine nature we're remembering who we are and that really means that we're experiencing ourselves from a place of fullness, from a place of love, from a place of acceptance, not from a place of lack, not from a place of fear, not from a place of weariness, bitterness, shame guilt you know i could go on and on and on about all the negative about all the demons that we can battle with but i think it's really about we meet ourselves from a place of neutrality you know we're neutral we see ourselves for what we are and we can just um Be present. We're remembering to be present. Because when we remember, there's nothing else to do. And it's something that has to be cultivated regularly. It has to be worked on. We don't remember for a, a, a moment, a brief moment in time, and then stay in that state. Maybe some people do. I don't. It's, you know, it's something that we have to constantly um, work on ourselves in order to experience that for more expanded periods in our lives. Yeah. So we do the practices, we do the work. We work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. We listen. 
yeah we listen in we 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 do acts of great self-care to nourish ourselves because ultimately remembering is self-love so we cultivate self-love beautiful now as a practitioner of ayurveda mm -hmm. how are you integrating the two of the ancient medicine the um just the ancient practice of ayurveda mm -hmm. and embodiment Mm -hmm. Well, Ayurveda was gifted to humanity more than 5,000 years ago. And it really is the most ancient, sophisticated wisdom, intelligence for living well as a woman in the modern world. I just recently um, published a book, um, The Ayurvedic Woman, and it speaks to this in its entirety in itself because Ayurveda gives us the tools so that we can become aligned that all the forces that govern and live within our body can become aligned pacified or stimulated if need be but come into a place of midline because it's in that very midline that we experience the soul that we experience that which was never born, that which never dies. You know, that's who we are. That's what all our practices are striving to remember, to experience that aspect of self. And so Ayurveda gives us the capacity to come into that place where we can experience what yoga strives for, which is to yoke the union, this is yoga. And then, then we, we are able to remember, then we do understand the, and have the experiential living experience of our sacred womanhood. We cut because we also come to understand and Ayurveda teaches us about all the sacred cycles and rhythms of life. In particular, the sacred cycles of womanhood, the seasons of womanhood, the phases of life, and how they all feed into one another from birth through till the end of one's life in this physical body in a way that we can experience this essential nature of who we are, which is we're spiritual beings living in a human body. So we have to learn how to be able to take care of this human body well, especially in a way that it's able to, in this stressful world that we live in, that we're able to relax, repair and rest renew 
because there's more and more people live in the head, right? We live, you know, we, we live in the head from the head, everything's going on from here up <laughs> and there's, there's not a lot um, of connect with what's going on from here down. And yet our very creative will, our creative forces, the expression of this creative uh, divine feminine lives in the uterus in women. This is why Ayurveda get places such emphasis on uterine health, but that's housed down in our organs of metabolism. So we have to always get what goes on up in the head, talking really clearly, communicating very effectively with what's going on down in all of our digestive organs of metabolism. And the gateway, the great regulator, the great balancer that controls how this all talks to one another is the heart and the lungs. So what we feel and how we breathe in and breathe out life as simple as that yeah i'm um as you're talking i'm present to my so my second baby that i had um i i had such a challenging first postpartum and so i was very determined to like do it differently the second time around and i looked and i did a lot of research on both from um, Chinese medicine, but also Ayurveda of what should I be eating? What should I be doing? And really taking it seriously um, with herbs and foods and um, had a drastically different experience of really paying attention to some of those, the laws of Ayurveda and the, and the practices. Um, so I'm right there with you. And I love, uh, is your, your books published? It's out. It's a number one bestseller. Awesome. Okay, so we'll put that we'll put that link yes. on the show notes. Yeah. I'm gonna get yeah. that book. Yeah. So that it's the Ayurvedic I'd love woman. For you to kind of, yeah. Ayurvedic woman. Check. Okay, so we'll put that yeah. in there. Yeah. And so, oh, I was gonna say, I would love for you to can we dig a little bit into this of what what are some of the pieces or the main pieces of the Ayurvedic woman? Um, to give women just kind of a, a sense of what we're talking about here. Yeah. There's, um, you know, essentially there's, there's seven life processes from, uh, that start with the very first breath, the very first intake of life. And they really go through all of life, right through to legacy, to spreading our seeds. And there's a whole lot of living, of course, that takes place along the way. So the Ayurvedic woman is really exploring all of these life processes whilst based on the principles of Ayurvedic philosophy and looking at starting with the, the phases of woman's life, how to be able to navigate all of the phases and the transitions with the right understanding experientially because it's a very practical book you know it, it's not a book that's written to have people more and more conceptualize but not live into an experience and understand you know that's there's a squillion books written on that and and we 
we don't really need it. And there's certainly many, many other fantastic Ayurvedic books written this, that way. But that's not what I wished to share. It's about understanding the very sound of who we are, about listening in and cultivating the awareness whilst navigating all of these cycles. A woman's, you know, as a young girl, the right juices are being built in the body, if you will, the structure, the cohesiveness, the buffer zone, so that a young woman can then have the inherent architecture in place to traverse well all of the reproductive phase of life. The phase of life in which a woman has the capacity to create life in itself, but to create and give birth to all sorts of projects in the world. And there's incredible momentum, incredible drive, incredible um, grunt <laughs> at that time. And it's also the years of a woman's menstrual cycle, which can bring all sorts of challenges as we know, right? You know, there's our girls, and you don't have to be a mother, to get this or, or to be responsible for this. All women are responsible for educating our daughters. Children learn by imitation. Children grow by imitating the rhythm of other women. And so if our menstrual cycle brings discomfort, difficulty, challenge in whatever way, then there is imbalance. And it's, it's something that can be worked with because a healthy cycle does not have pain or discomfort. A healthy cycle does not have um, flooding, clotting. It does not come irregularly. You know, fibroids, endometriosis, PCOD, like it's prevalent. Infertility, it's prevalent. So, and, and there's also so much around um, not taking rest, pushing through, barging along during a woman's menstrual cycle. And what's that teaching our daughters? As well as it's not good for all, all people, all children, all men to think, oh, she has her menstrual cycle, so she's shitty right now. Or she has headache or backache or gutache or has to take anti-inflammatories. That's not a healthy menstrual cycle, but that's what people grow to believe a menstrual cycle is. And that couldn't be further away from the truth of who we are. So Ayurveda gives us the capacity to understand and work with this, to balance it, to bring it back from its extremes, back again to this midline. And there's a, all of this is explained and shared in practical ways. In, in the Ayurvedic woman. And then of course, the next greatest threshold and transition is perimenopause, menopause, because this is the threshold to the second half, the golden half, the second spring of a woman's life. And again, it's associated with as being a, a time where there's much fear and contraction about all the challenges and difficulties and health challenges it will bring but it will only bring the health challenges that a woman has overlooked and created throughout the first two phases of life, growing as a young girl and again through the pitta phase, the, 
the fertile years, the reproductive years. Because at this final transition, as a major transition as a woman, it's showing up that which has not been dealt with. It's revealing even greater mysteries because the physical life processes are separating as we know them from the reproductive health. And they do that to become more spiritualized forces because we are a spiritual being. So these forces are separating, spiritualizing and moving up because they're ascending. They're moving up to that realm from which we came. The physical body begins to harden, to mineralize, to go back down to the earth where it will return to. That's it. And that can be really, really painful and bring all sorts of challenges if it's not understood and managed correctly. So the, the Ayurvedic woman is really about explaining this, gifting this back so that we can be anchored in who we are. Because if we're embodied, if we're grounded and anchored, those, what comes up at this transition for women, it can be like spider line cracks and veins, or it can be huge, deep, vast chasms. And that's not a great place to be. That's a hard place to be. So when we're embodied, as things move up, we can hold all of that divine light and consciousness as it's really trying to move through us in the most awesome way. Because it's wise woman use. And the other thing is embrace it gracefully. We're not the maiden anymore. Move out of the way and let our gorgeous young women become the maidens. They're divine. They're so beautiful. It's their time to shine. We shine in different ways. Our effulgence is different. It's not through youthful skin anymore. It's not through lustrous, glowing hair. You know, yeah, yeah, it changes. It really does. The body changes. But that's so graceful and beautiful too because it's our, it's our suit of being <clears throat> an elder. And we have stories to tell. We have stories to tell and stories to share. And the world needs it. The world needs it. It needs it in circles. Young women come in circle and hear the stories of the mature women. The stories that we acquire through living. The stories that come through the maturation of self. And then ultimately we spread our seeds. What is our contribution? What harvest are we bringing to the table? Because that's all we leave behind. This is so, so good. So good. Why are we not talking about aging more often? Aging's awesome. All right. Aging really oh, is. Yeah. It's not fun when it happens prematurely. It's not fun when it brings up all sorts of challenges with it. But you know what? There are so many awesome things that we can do to mitigate that. Yes. And this is what the Ayurvedic woman is about. It teaches us how to pacify the aging forces that become more prevalent in the body so that things happen gently, gracefully, 
in an embodied way, in a loving way, and in a way that we don't experience discomfort because we're not only able to meet it physically, emotionally and mentally, we can meet it with the right understanding and really celebrate it. Really celebrate it. You know, just if I can share, I won't pull my pants down and show you, but just this week, <laughs> I um Hey, nothing's off limits here. <laughs> my husband is away. He's actually working in Colorado at the moment. And there's been a few things. Our home was struck by lightning last week. And so, you know, there was some damage to our to our home. We're all safe, it's okay, and, and it's physical damage that's all repairable. But I really had to put on my big girl undies. And two very dear wise women friends had said to me, you know, you just got to put your big girl undies on. And I was like, yeah, it's true. And there was a moment where I felt like the elastic in my big girl undie underwear really snapped. It was like they fell down. It was like, oh, this is hard. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and I went to a local market a few days ago and there was a lady and she had the big banner and it said wise woman underwear and she hand makes with love these wise woman undies and i just thought this is fabulous this is fantastic and i looked at them and they're not beautiful sexy sensual scanty lacy g-string knickers <laughs> they're these big organic cotton comfy hugging holding loving underwear very functional very practical in these gorgeous electric colors and i just thought well there you go this is where i'm at in life mm. i scored my first ever pair of wise woman undies and they only work if we own them <laughs> and that's what works for me you know it was like yeah i'm a wise woman And I embrace my aging. Yes. One of my great mentors said to me one day, when I was seven years old, I wanted to grow up and become a wise woman. Hmm. You know, this is, this is just where I'm, where I'm at of um, embracing the stage of life. Like that was one of the themes last year is like just embracing exactly where you're at, embracing the stage of life. And, you know, I'm in the, the journey of motherhood, but, um, you know, really just this, this past year for me has been about settling in to that state of life and what does it mean for us to really what does it mean for us to really embrace exactly where we're at and our culture is just so focused on you know the youth is better and um you know go and <laughs> try to look as young as possible versus really honoring um the elder women and yeah. 
what if we shifted the conversation to um, reverence of women as they grow older and um, and women and it's women who are stepping into wise woman years of really embracing that and not thinking, oh, I'm too old. It's like, no, own it. You're older. You've got wisdom. Bring it, you know? Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. A lot of times in circles is there'll be one elder um, and she'll be like, oh, you know, a bunch of young women. I don't know if I belong here. And we're like, no, <laughs> we need you. We need your wisdom. Absolutely. All communities, all circles need the, the wisdom yeah of all ages collectively in that context it's you touched on something yeah and you just touched on something so relevant and so tender for so many is that we often you know we're we're starting families many women later in life yes so the reality is we're juggling young children and this is myself included i was juggling young children during perimenopause, the truth is that we peak as women biologically at 35. And so from 35 to 50, it's a perimenopausal phase of life, asymptomatic if we're well. You know, these changes are subtly taking place and we don't even know it. And that's how it ought to be. There's so many processes in the body that if we're experiencing them, then we haven't listened into ourselves that they've got to push so far out they're affecting us grossly and we're having a, 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 a difficulty because it's just something trying to grab our attention, right? But when we're ju- these changes are occurring in the body, especially menopause and there was still young children or young teens, it can be really hard going because we're managing so many things where historically in the scheme of nature, a woman would be slowing down going more within doing less but the fact is many women are still mothering young children or teens working juggling jobs meeting the rent paying the mortgage keeping up school fees yada 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 on and on it goes Mm -hmm. gym memberships this membership that membership this course that course there's so many things pressure's on yeah there's so many expectations it's pretty brutal and we get all this messaging all the time we're bombarded social media 24 7 it's really oh my gosh how do we listen how do we nourish We have to slow down and do these, you know, daily acts of self-care or how else can we really feel like you just shared of the woman in circle saying, do I belong here? I'm to this or I'm to that. And, and to feel enough, <clears throat> to have enough good juices in the body to keep things ticking over so that we can feel abundance on all levels of our being to really grow and expand and become the light of the divine feminine. We have to consciously 
make effort to care for ourselves because the grace comes when we make effort and it's not possible from my understanding to experience that outside of ourselves it's a very external world we live in at the moment very externally driven materially driven that's okay in the right context but we have to go in what we're looking for doesn't exist out there it just doesn't what we're looking for all of us i believe are looking for is in here I love that. We have to make the effort for self-care because our lives are so busy and there are so many circumstances that are taking us out of that and it has to be a conscious effort. Absolutely. And if myself running oh. running a large business, having two little kids under 4, it's crazy. It's just it's full on. It's full on. It's Full on, and you have to factor into that space to nourish you so that you can keep being all that you are to yourself because you can't be what you are to your children, and you cannot be what you are to your business unless you're looking after self. You know, I created Conscious Woman Rising was really about where are we going as women in the world today? How are we cultivating this divine feminine? And in Conscious Woman Rising, in the conversations with extraordinary women from all over the world, with change makers, visionaries, leaders, physicians, mentors, they it was this resounding theme coming through over and over again. Self-care equals self-love. Self-care equals self-love. And, you know, only we can do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for me, yeah, I was going to say for me personally, it's been, I've had to let go of the social life that I used to have pre-motherhood to get that self-care and at first that was really hard to give up Mm -hmm. yeah and now it's like i just i can't afford to be going out all the time like i used to because that's the time when i get to rest and have space for myself you know it's so important and um and that's such a beautiful reframe for women who are in the stage of life that i am of Oh God, I'm missing out. No, you're not. <laughs> missing out on what? The question I would pose is, what are you missing out on? Yeah. What is it that really is going to give you ultimate fulfillment and joy? Yeah, the nourishment. And, and nourishment, absolutely. Yeah. You know, for myself, it's about <clears throat> how can I be of greater service? Mm-hmm. Yep. How can I be of greater service? And sure, you know, pre-children, I lived very differently than, than I do now. And, but everything in my life has been a stage. It's been, you know, everything's been stages and phases, really. The only thing that's never changed is my essential nature. 
and my relationship to it's been more connected and more disconnected <laughs> there's been greater disconnect at certain times in life there's been greater yearning there's been greater focus and inwardness but everything in nature changes and so that's why nature is always our greatest teacher because we're beings composed of sound of resonance of rhythm so when we really want to understand ourselves tap into nature and then then we know whether we want to be at the party or at the the celebration here or there or it might be you know what that served me then but it's not serving me now i choose differently or i would i still have a real yearning to be there at that place but i'm not able to do that today because i have responsibilities to my family or to my work or i'm just really weary mm. So the question is always, what is the most loving thing I can do for myself right now? Mm. And if that's to have a foot bath or to make a nice cup of tea or to get out and dance, so be it. Mm. But when we're tuned in and listening with the ears of our heart, we know what it is and it's okay. There's not discord with that decision. We're not torn. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You know, and I, and I know that's, I know that that's true because I can feel the hands of the women in circle being held a little more tightly and things flowing as, as I'm even speaking in all your beautiful circles that you know you, you are connected with all over i can feel that now it's you know this is truth yeah absolutely and that's why we come together in well, circle because that's what we want we want to be enough we want to be enough and we are. We already are. Mm -hmm. Just remembering that. <laughs> remembering. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. This has been so deep. Such a beautiful conversation. I really appreciate it. Um, ah, so many good nuggets. So many good ones. Is there a way that women can connect with you if they want to learn more do you have perhaps like a free gift or yeah absolutely yeah i love giving gifts gifts is great I know. Um, so, <laughs> so there's on my website go to my website deepikadelmenico.com and there is an ebook that you can download for free which is are your veda your inner roadmap treasure there's also, when purchasing the Ayurvedic Woman, the book, The Ayurvedic Woman, it's available through all online retailers. But if you purchase it and enter those details on my website, then there's lots of free gifts that can be claimed as well too. 
and check out the site because there's always courses and programs and offerings and yeah right yeah. so we'll have the um we'll have the links for those in the show notes so you can go check mm -hmm. that out um you could be like me and go buy the book i'm really excited to dive into that yeah that's perfect timing yes and um let's just wrap up with if i give you the megaphone you're at the rooftop what do you want all the what do you want to leave all the women with final thought you are already whole and complete. Mm. You just have to remember your divine womanhood. Mm. Love it. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. And we'll see you next time on the next Sistership Circle podcast. Mm, great love to you all.